This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Friends, the army. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got a very special episode today, a basketball edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. Got Adam Finkelstein with us. He is 247's Director of Scouting for our basketball coverage. A lot to talk about with Georgia basketball. Mike White and his staff have been very busy, as uh, Adam and everyone who has followed uh, this offseason has seen. And uh, to start off, Adam, just what, what has this offseason been like for you just covering college basketball as a whole um, you know, following Georgia, it's been very, very busy. And I'd have to imagine just the sport in general with the portal and with everything that's come with it, it's been a very busy offseason. Yeah, I mean, for us collectively as a staff, I think it's been a little bit of divide and conquer. Um, you know, Travis Branham heads up a lot of our portal coverage, does an amazing job. Um, I'm I'm typically focused on the NBA draft um, as well as like high school upperclassmen evaluations and, and stuff like that but there's there's some natural overlap and, and I think there's potentially some overlap in, in Georgia's class I mean we saw that last year where guys hit the transfer portal they find a new situation or maybe they stay in the same situation they get a new coach and all of a sudden their NBA stock looks a whole lot different a year later so um, there is some overlap and and uh, but but it's busier than it's ever been because there really is no off season from a a roster construction standpoint. I think, you know, again, Georgia's a really good example of that, seeing how they've continued to add pieces throughout the course of the year, going to turn over well over half their roster. So uh, there is no downtime. That's, but, you know, we're at the end of the day, we're lucky to be able to do what we do. So, um, you know, I think, I think that's part of what makes it fun. No doubt about it. Well, looking at Georgia and just sort of off the cuff of what they've done, they've added eight new players, four from the transfer portal, four from the high school ranks, just from what you've seen and generally how they've gone about this process, Adam, what do you make of what Mike Wyatt and company have done this offseason, trying to get ready for year two uh, of this staff coaching in Athens? Well, I think it's been forward thinking. I think uh, in this day and age, you've always got to be in kind of talent acquisition mode. You know, as we talk about roster construction, I think it's the programs that that think they have it figured out and think they're on stable ground that, that usually end up, uh, you know, being caught by surprise. And, and to Mike White and his staff's credit, They've continued to add players and continue to ha- add uh, potential impact players. And I think, you know, that that you can attribute that to a few different things. You can attribute that to being proactive, but it also takes a certain type of pitch and, and being able to convince all these guys that they're all going to be able to fit together and they're going to be able to meet their individual goals as well as the collective team goals. So um, from start to finish, it's been a really impressive effort in terms of what they've done on the recruiting trail, both high school and out of the portal. I want to make sure and ask you first about who is the latest addition for Georgia, and that is Noah Thomason from Niagara, a very experienced guard. They wind up landing and beating out some really good schools like Pittsburgh, St. John's, Penn State were in the mix. 
Uh, what stands out to you about Noah, what he brings to the table, and how he could sort of fit with the rest of these guys in Athens? So just for a, a bit of context, I've I've been here at, at 24-7 and, and CBS for about a year now. Before that, I was at ESPN for the last 12 years. And while I was at ESPN, um, while my primary thing was recruiting, I also called Mac games, a lot of the E-plus e, e Mac games. And so I got a chance to see Niagara and Greg Paulus' teams over the years. And I think in this case, um, what you're getting is certainly one of the better perimeter scorers in that league. Uh, very left-hand dominant, um, gets a lot of volume, a lot of freedom, um, type of guy who can who can attack certainly to that left side. You know, every scouting report says, you know, sit on that left hand, make him go right. But he's got a he's a guy who's got uh, just a knack for getting back to that left hand side. Now, whether or not that's as easy uh, in the SEC as it is in the MAC, that remains to be seen. Um, you know, some of the shot making we've seen, he's down the end of, of late shot clocks. He's certainly a playmaker with the ball in his hands when you get into those those late shot clock situations. Again, I think a lot of that comes down to confidence, uh, freedom and volume, knowing that you're going to have the opportunity to play through through mistakes um, again. You know, we'll see if that's the same at the next level, uh, because make no mistake about it. This is a different level. So. On the surface, very good player, scorer, playmaker, guy who, you know, is is more or less a, a scoring lead guard, um, but I think can really fit in with with this kind of theme we've seen of multiple ball handlers, multiple playmakers, um, because he is going to be able to, to slide off the ball and be aggressive with his scoring mindset at times as well. Um, but again, some of the questions, just how does he adapt to less volume? Is he able to be as left-hand dominant at this level as he was in the MAC? So for those listening who have not kept up with the list of what Georgia has done, I'll run through it real quick. Uh, with the portal guys, four guys, they got R.J. Melendez from Illinois, Jalen DeLoach from VCU, Russell Shewa from South Florida, and Noah Thompson, who we were just talking about, from Niagara. I want to start with the first of those guys who committed to Georgia with R.J. Melendez. What he, what sort of stands out about his game, he's coming from Illinois. Uh, there had been a little bit of a connection uh, going back to when he was a high school recruit, uh, some of his first offers, he talked about when he committed. Mike White, while he was at Florida, and Eric Pastrana, one of Georgia's assistants, while he was at Oklahoma State. So there was sort of that connection there. But uh, what stands out to you about R.J. Melendez and what he can bring making that transition from the Big Ten to the SEC? Well, you know, R.J. played his high school basketball in Florida. Uh, I remember the first time I saw him was uh, Central Point Christian, I believe was the name of the school, uh, down in the Orlando area. And that, that's where I first became familiar with him. And then watching him in Illinois, um, as I mentioned, we have, you know, in part of our draft coverage, um, he's someone that I think could really flourish in a new situation. At the beginning of the year, we published this list called the Draftables, which is, it was kind of first of its, its type where we did a comprehensive list of every NBA prospect. Um, and we did it by team. So basically the, the thought process was if you're turning on a game on a, on a Monday night and you can you know, you can quick look up and see who the best players are in that game, or at least who the best NBA prospects are. Um, RJ was someone that, that you know, didn't make the list initially. Um, but I remember when I put it up, I remember almost instantaneously having like a little bit of uh, remorse about it. Like, man, he, he checks a lot of those boxes in terms of long-term potential uh, and just some of the markers he shows. So I, I'm really interested to see how this goes here, because I think he's someone that, you know, like we saw with a couple different players this year, whether it was at Arkansas, Missouri, different spots where different system, different coach, sometimes different lo uh, location can unlock a player. Uh, that could very much be the case with with RJ because 
you know, Illinois um, with TJ Shannon and some other guys there, there were a lot of mouths to feed. They were one of the most unpredictable teams in college basketball this year. You know, when they were at their best, they looked like they were going to be national championship contenders. And then they had some very public internal issues that I think probably made it hard for, for different players, including RJ, to be at their best on a consistent basis. So um, certainly has a, a lot of, uh, as I said, markers for future upside and someone that I think is, is going to prove to be a legitimate NBA prospect um, down the road at Georgia. It's really interesting when RJ, you know, the end of that season, I saw some of the quotes from Brad Underwood, very complimentary about him and what he has gone through and playing through injury last season. It seems like it had certainly hampered him. Uh, I want to ask you sort of big picture. I'd mentioned uh, with RJ, you talked about those prior connections, you know, being familiar with Mike White, being familiar with Eric Pastrana. As we see guys go through the portal and you see guys trying to decide what's next. How big do you feel like those prior relationships are for these players as they're looking for new homes, trying to decide where their best fit is if they're leaving their uh, previous institution? Well, not specific to any one player um, because of, you know, the NCAA rules have, have make it, you know, very, uh, very difficult to talk about the implications uh, on, on one player and their motivation. But what I will say about the, the transfer market as a whole is NIL is the biggest variable these days. Um, but when you have the pre-existing relationship, I think there's there's an immediate comfort level there um, that would be a requisite normally. You know, there there's some, that, listen, there's some guys that are just going to go to the highest paying place no matter what. Um, figuring out which of those offers are trustworthy, that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, so having a coach in place that you have a pre-existing relationship with, that you have a comfort level with, um, that allows you to kind of get down to business uh, sooner rather than later, potentially s- skip some steps um, and, and, and believe what you're being told, because that's, I think, you know, some of the stories that come out of this portal recruiting in the age of NIL. I mean, it's going to it's going to make great cinema down the road when some of these stories are told. So if you have a if you have a belief and a trust in the coach you're talking to from a pre-existing relationship, <clears throat> It's it's really going to allow you to expedite this process, and that certainly could have happened in this case. No doubt, and uh, I would have to imagine there are a lot of writers taking some very thorough notes because there will be some some very good books written probably yeah. on the NIL era when it comes to college basketball. Uh, we will take a quick break, come back, talk a little bit about uh, some of the high school guys Georgia has landed as they get ready for the 2023-24 season. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. back everybody well adam sort of shifting to the guys that georgia has signed uh coming out of high school and and sort of you know looking at the barometer of just fans following this team seeing what they were doing i feel like from what i got to see that 
really people got excited by the time that Georgia landed Silas Demery Jr. That seemed like the move that really got people's attention and honestly has kept our board uh, asking questions about men's basketball, which honestly with what football has done, uh, you know, you don't see it a ton, but people are very excited. But what does Silas bring to the hardwood? What are his strengths and, and what Georgia got? And being able to get a guy that was a very gifted guy, a guy who looked like he might have been USC bound and uh, changes his mind and is headed to Georgia instead. So Silas is a is a big lead guard in the making. He's got good positional size. He's got a strong body. I think at this point he's he's more of a combo guard than a true point, but it's trending towards being that that like modern day point or modern day lead guard. Um, I think that as you saw from his initial commitment to USC when he was going with Isaiah Collier, uh, who I'm sure Georgia fans are, are familiar with just because of proximity, you know, Isaiah Collier is a pure point guard. So it shows on Demery's part, a willingness to, to grow into that point guard role uh, and, and maybe, you know, a little more self-awareness than most high school kids. You know, most high school kids, everybody thinks they're a point. Every big man thinks he's a forward. Every forward thinks he's a guard. Every guard thinks he's a point guard. So, um, it, it shows a little bit more self-awareness than most high school kids do. Having said that, I really do think he's got the potential to to be a big lead guard down the road. Um, he can get downhill. He can play make off the dribble. He's got a very good pull-up game. Um, and again, I think that the physical markers, there's potential there on the defensive end of the floor. So you've got somebody who can play multiple positions, play on off the ball. Got to get a little more consistent as a three-point shooter, but uh, certainly his best days are in front of him. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about his future. Ask you about another recent addition, and that is Blue Kane, a, a guy that uh, it was very interesting following his recruitment because it seemed like there was a lot of tension early on, and then he sort of bided his time trying to decide where uh, made most sense for him, and he ultimately decided to come to Georgia. Yeah, so like Silas Demery, Blue Kane was was committed to another school first. Josh Pastner and Georgia Tech scooped him up early, and Credit to Pastner, he was really ahead of the curve on that one. I mean, Blue Kane was not ranked in the top 100 when that happened, um, but he went on. You know, he had a successful Under Armour campaign in the in the UAA last year. Uh, was one of the circuit's leading scorers, as I recall, certainly in the month of July. Um, and, and he showed he could. He just knows how to play. You know, he's he's one of these guys that it's hard to say like, okay, he's like I've heard people say, oh, he's a knockdown shooter. Uh, not really. You know, I've heard. You know, is he an elite athlete? No. Um, but he's one of these guys who who understands how to play, who can score within the flow of the game, who can score and make the right play in different ways. And I think what we saw this year at IMG, because he exceeded all expectations in his first year, kind of at that that highest level of high school basketball. And so what we saw is that he's he's one of these players who's at his best when he has best players around when he has better players around him. Now that may sound like an obvious statement, but it's actually not. There's some players that that really thrive. Um, when they have complete freedom. And that's that's not the case for, for Kane. He's somebody that, that um, again, is at his best when he has best better players around him because of the versatility in his game, because of the different ways he can score, because of his understanding of how to process the game and, and play with different people. So given kind of the, the rotation and the lineup that George is building, I think he's really going to fit well, not just with Demery, not just with RJ. Um, you know, you've got, got different guys in there, um, but... I think he's someone who's going to be able to fit with just about any type of lineup. You know, you want to play small, you want to play big, whatever the case may be. He's really versatile in that regard and just has like kind of a feel for the game is, is like the basketball jargon that we would use just in terms of a kind of an instinctive IQ for how to play. You look at the high school hall for Georgia, Blue Canes, Silas Demery Jr. And then Dylan James and Mari Jordan guys, they had signed before the winter. 
What do you make of those high school guys getting those four guys and what it will do uh, for Mike White and for the staff as they continue to try to build? Well, I think uh, a couple of things. I think uh, it's really easy to um, minimize the impact of high school recruiting in this day and age of the portal. Uh, But I think the schools that are doing this um, with uh, most comprehensively, shall we say, are the ones that still recognize the importance of being able to develop talent internally and simultaneously be able to supplement that with the portal. So I love the fact that they've shown the versatility to really do well in the high school space and simultaneously really do well in the transfer space as well. Um, Specific to these four players, I think all four are ones that are very early on in their overall basketball arc. So you look at them and you say, there's a, there's a chance they're very different players a couple of years down the road. Um, You know, we talked about how how Silas Demery could evolve into a big lead guard, Blue Kane, the, the strides he's made in the last year alone, if he can continue that rate of improvement next year at Georgia, his best days are ahead of him. I think Dylan James is a guy with significant upside in terms of just the physical markers and natural tools he has and how good he could be if he's able to put them all together. Mari Jordan, an extreme physical profile. The skill set's got to catch up a little bit, but with a skill development program and, and with, a, with a role that can simplify things for him on the, on the offensive end and simultaneously be able to utilize his, his physical gifts uh, to be a versatile and impactful defender. I think all four of those guys are ones that are going to be a lot of fun to coach and a lot of fun for Georgia fans because they should continue to get better and get better at, at a really noticeable rate. And, and that is, I think, um, the, the best way to, to approach roster construction in this current era is, is start, you know, get your base of freshmen. If you're doing this only out of the portal every year, you have no margin for error. If you swing and miss on the portal, you've got nothing. So by by getting some guys early on in high school, developing them early, you also get some continuity and and then you can supplement it in the portal. So obviously, I think Georgia's not going to want to have to add eight guys every year. And given what they did in this cycle, you're always going to lose some. Uh, As I said, you always have to be prepared for that now. But there's enough talent here where they should be able to develop some continuity moving forward. Before we wrap this up, Adam, just what is your perception of the trajectory for Georgia? There is honestly a good bit of excitement around this team, but just uh, what you make of the direction things are headed as we get closer and closer to year two of the Mike White era. Yeah, I think the excitement is justified. I mean, it's it's hard to deny this is this has been anything but a tremendous success for Georgia. And it's not just about one player. You know, this isn't just you know, Anthony Edwards was huge. And, um, but this is, there's, there's eight guys here worth being excited about. And from my perspective as an evaluator, I don't look at these, these list of eight players and say, well, I'm not sure about those two or three guys. I look at all eight players and say they could potentially find their way on the court next year and project it out down the road. There's numerous players that have a chance to, to develop into, you know, potentially focal points of this team and it's also, I think, the depth is so important because when you have um, when you have a, a collection of good players, it protects you against a couple of them leaving because that's the inevitable kind of state of college basketball. It, re- retention is just as important as recruitment, but you're probably not going to retain everybody. So you have to make sure that you have the depth to continue to build, continue to grow with each passing year, continue to grow with your uh develop your continuity and then be able to use the portal to supplement your roster and not start from scratch with every passing year. So in short, a lot of reasons to be optimistic with what they've done uh, in terms of rebuilding this roster this season. 
Adam, I really appreciate the time. I do want to make sure to let you plug uh, what you're working on, ways people can follow you and, and the content that you're putting out on a daily basis, because excellent, excellent stuff. And if you follow Adam's work, you're going to be much more informed when it comes to college basketball. No, I appreciate it. Uh, this time of year, it's it's a lot of NBA draft stuff. Uh, this weekend, I'll be headed to EYBL and then going to Chicago for the the draft combine. All of that's right there on, on 247sports.com. Um, I, I try and promote as much of it as I can on my social media. Those are just Adam Finkelstein, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm so far resisting uh, the the uh, the cries to get on TikTok. We'll see how long I can continue that. But uh, those are the basic places. Appreciate you guys having me and, and excited that we're going to have some uh, some fun uh, basketball discussion here with Georgia fans. No doubt about it. Well, again, Adam, I really appreciate the time. We will wrap this episode up. Appreciate everybody who checked this out, who uh, listened to it and uh, watched it. And until next time, take care, everybody. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.